Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 171 of the podcast. I'm Chad Dotson. With me again this week is uh, my good friend Jason Linden. How are you doing today, Jason? I am fantastic. This has been some kind of a week to be a Reds fan, huh? It has been not bad. Anytime you sweep the Cardinals in a four-game series, no less, is a good week. And sweeping the Cardinals in a four-game series for the first time in 14 years, I mean, that is, that's like huge news, because as much as we dislike the Cardinals. But that is not anywhere close to being the most exciting news about the Cincinnati Reds this week. And uh, that really, just that sentence kind of blows my mind. Have you heard about this guy, Scooter? Who? Oh, Scooter. He's a, he's, a, he's a guy that the Milwaukee Brewers tossed onto the scrap heap. What? I'm confused. <laughs> you know, today I went uh, to visit my 89-year-old grandmother, soon to be 90 years old. And uh, she was in great spirits. And uh, But I, I walked up to her and, uh, and gave her a hug. And the very first thing, literally the very first thing she said is, what's up with this Scooter guy I'm reading about in the newspapers? <laughs> so... It's uh it's a worldwide phenomenon. Scooter Jeanette, of course, hit four home runs uh, earlier this week against the Cardinals. Ten runs batted in, five for five. What? How do you explain that, Jason? Weird things happen in baseball. That's how I explain it. Oh, it's just that, weird. I don't think really can uh, can describe what we saw. I mean, think of all the great sluggers the Reds have had over the years. You know, uh, from uh, my guy Adam Dunn, and currently Duvall, Votto, Shebler, even. But then the real sluggers back in the day: Lee May and Johnny Bench and Ted Klazuski, and you know, just you go way back to all the great uh, power hitters the Reds have had. One player in Reds history has hit four home runs in a game, and that player is Scooter. Jeanette. Baseball, things about noises about how you can't predict it and stuff. Yeah, uh, that was a fun game to to watch and uh, really exciting because, you know, Scooter, aside from the fantastic name, seems like a pretty good guy, you know. And and what explanation can you give for the fact that the Brewers, and he started for, what, three or four years for the Brewers. He's just 27. They literally just gave him away. The Reds got him for free at the end of spring training this year. I mean, uh, I thought the Brewers had a pretty enlightened uh, front office, but I, that's still, you know, sort of a – not that he's a superstar. He's not a uh, legend, no. but how do you explain the Reds getting him for free? I don't know. That seems kind of weird to me. He certainly wasn't a bad player. He, he was very useful. I guess he wasn't really actually very good in, like, the last couple of years. But, I mean, at the very least, it seems like where if you're going to demote him, you demote him from starter to bench player. Um, and so I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the Brewers, um, were thinking, but I mean, also, you, I mean, you know, <clears throat> I have to be this guy now cause this is the guy that I am. Right. <laughs> um, he hit four home runs and that's in a one game and that's really cool. It doesn't make him a, a, a like a great baseball player. He's still a utility guy as his ceiling. Right. But a useful I mean, legitimately yeah. a useful major league player that the Reds got for free. But I mean, I'm, I I don't know. I'm not as familiar enough with the Brewers roster as I probably should be. But I guess they felt like they had somebody else middle infield who they wanted and couldn't find somebody to take Scooter off their hands. So they were like, "All right, see you later, man." 
Yeah, they got they have the kid uh, whose name is escaping me right now, um, but. And I can see that. I can see Scooter being, like you say, a utility guy, a bench player. That's what he's been for the Reds this year. Uh, I can't see him not being able to uh, crack uh, crack that roster over. Although they are the first place Milwaukee Brewers uh, as of this, uh, as of the recording of this podcast. Um, so you know, I don't know. He's uh, he's he's Scooter. <laughs> He is he is Scooter, and that I mean that was really cool. I mean, four home runs in one game—that's just that's fabulous. That's a good time all the way around. Seventeenth player in the history of uh, baseball to hit four home runs in a game. First Red uh, tied the Reds' all-time uh, RBI record for a single game uh, with ten RBIs. I got a story about that in just one moment. Um, but first, you know, the, the, it's a story that I've been taking a little bit of uh, sort of a well-meaning abuse about. I wrote a piece at Cincinnati Magazine the morning that Scooter got uh, the four home runs. And it was uh, my second installment of what we're calling the Reds player power rankings. I just take all the players that have played for the Reds this year and rank them just like a you know a power ranking uh, that, that all these sites do for the teams. And uh, a friend of mine, uh, Paul Swiden, had been doing that. You know Paul, obviously, very well. I do, um, yeah. I had been doing one for the Boston Globe about uh, the Red Sox, and so I thought, oh, that's a good idea, and I asked him if he minded if I stole his idea, and he turns out he stole it from somebody else, so yeah, it's good, all good. Well, the first time I did it was a couple weeks into the season, and, you know, Scooter had got off, gotten off to that great start, and I had him, like, ranked sixth or somewhere, you know, and saying, oh, he's going to be a Reds legend. Well, the morning that's of Scooter Jeanette's big day, I had dropped him to 16th, and, and the first line was, is it possible that Jeanette isn't going to be a Reds legend after all? <laughs> Maybe he'll just be a pretty good bench player with a chance to work his way in the starting lineup, which is fine. So is it possible that Jeanette isn't going to be a Reds legend after all? Hours later, Scooter Jeanette literally uh, becomes a Reds legend. I mean, he he's not he's not a superstar. Like you said, he's still the same guy. No, he was but he's before. now literally a Reds legend and will be forever. Yeah, we're going to be talking about Scooter Jeanette forever. With the Reds, I mean, it's it's. <laughs> so I guess that tells you what I what what I know. Uh, is there an unlikelier player to become a Reds legend than Scooter Jeanette? Um, no, <laughs> no, it's just crazy. Um, and uh, so anyway, that was that was a fun story and really just uh, exciting for for the Reds. But you know, that's not all that's exciting about this Reds team right now. Uh, like you mentioned at the beginning. Just swept the Cardinals in a four-game series, two games out of first place behind the two games back of the Brewers now, one game under five hundred. This continues to be a pretty fun team, doesn't it? And they are an enjoyable team to watch play baseball most of the time. <laughs> Just most of the time? Well, you know, sometimes um, a starting pitcher um, catches fire, and I mean that in a bad way. And everything goes up in flames. But um, when that doesn't happen, yeah, no, they're a lot of fun. And, and they, they hit so well that there's just always a feeling that they could come back at any moment. You know, Jason, you and I um, have a little bit of this reputation of being probably more optimistic uh, about the Reds. We, we sort of just enjoy baseball. We like, we like baseball. It's a good diversion, and uh, we like to be optimistic about the Reds, I guess. But... I don't know that anyone can accuse us of being overly optimistic. This team has been exactly kind of what we've been saying all year. It's, you know, a pretty good little team. 
uh, you know, we've never claimed they're going to be a, a playoff team this year, but a pretty good team, fun to watch, some different players. Offense has been fantastic, and they're a couple of tweaks away from being in a, just a just a crazy exciting team to watch, I think. Yeah, I mean, I agree. If they have, like, I don't know, two, le- like, legit front-line to medium front-line major league starting pitchers, they're they're looking a lot like a playoff team to me, frankly. Um that's been, the know, only part, that's been the only part of the team that's been subpar is the starting rotation, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I think, I mean, everything else has been a pretty um, pretty fantastic turnaround. Um, like, yeah, one cannot complain about this team, especially given, frankly, last year. Like, we really should take a minute and remember just exactly how bad the first half, especially, of last year was whenever we go to be critical of this particular team. Yeah, we're 59 games in in the Reds are a game under 500, two games out of first place. After 59 games last year, the Reds were 19 and a half games out of first place, Jason. That's that's more than now. So, I mean, not that it's a great team necessarily right now, and some of that's due to the rest of the division struggling. A lot of that is. But on the other hand, you know, that's a huge, huge difference. And uh, it's a team that – let me ask you, here, here's one thing I want to pose to you. People throw this around, and I've thrown it around. This team never quits. They keep seem to keep coming back. And, of course, you know teams don't quit. They're professionals. They try anyway. But doesn't it seem like this team just keeps coming at you because of the way this, this top to bottom, this lineup can hit? It, it really does. And, I mean, there's just has been – I mean, well, there's just – yeah, the lineup is just really well constructed. There's been a ton of power um, from, the line, from the lineup. I mean – you know, right now, I guess it's it's realistically possible that they would end up with what, like, three players with thirty plus homers, two players with another two players with probably around twenty twenty five home runs. If, if people were to keep pace with where they are right now, that's pretty fantastic. Yeah, it's really amazing and just uh, it's exciting to watch. It's just it blows my mind that uh, this team has uh, this offense has improved so much, and it, it's you know, okay, Zach Cozart's not going to continue. Uh, although, you know, we're 51 games in, and uh, he's played 51 games, but Reds are 59 games in, and he still has the highest OPS in the league, I think. Um, should, should we talk about Zach Cozart for a minute? Oh, can we? Yeah. <laughs> Please. I mean, you, you wrote about Zach Cozart, and, you know, one of the things – well, here, you wrote about Zach Cozart. You talk about what you're seeing, and then I'll, I'll chime in as I feel okay. compelled to. Sure. You know, I, I, a few years ago, I felt compelled to uh, – author a defense of Zach Cozart, saying that, you know, listen, he's he's not a hitter. And this was coming off, I think, 2014, where he was just miserable as a hitter. He's not a hitter. A, a terrible year. But he's so good on defense that he's still an average player. You know, he's still a, a good red. And then in 2015, he hit. He was hitting uh, when he got hurt. And, of course, he had that awful injury, came back from it last year, and, you know, his hitting had still improved last year. He did, well, It wasn't these heights. But he was a different type of hitter. And uh, so you come into this year, his defense is still fantastic. By some measurements, the best uh, defensive shortstop in the National League still. But, you know, hitting, he's 351, 436 on base percentage, 623 slugging. I mean, he's just been uh, outstanding. He, uh, I haven't checked today, but I think yesterday he uh, had passed Mike Trout for the highest wins above replacement total in the major leagues. It's just, this is a crazy good Zach Cozart. And no, I do not think he's a 351 hitter, uh, to use that, that uh, terminology. 
but I think he's absolutely a much better hitter. He's swinging at way fewer pitches outside the zone, I found. Uh, he's kind of using the Joey Votto approach a little bit. He's swinging at pitches that he can drive, and uh, it's something that we're sort of seeing from a few of these guys up in Nellie Live. I think you can say the same for Adam Duvall. I think you can say the same for Billy Hamilton, who's trying to do that, um, and Zach Cozart as well, trying to use that approach where until there's two strikes, I'm going to swing at pitches I can drive. I'm not going to go outside the zone, and it's uh, it, these gains, not, we're not going to see these heights at the end of the year, but I do think he's a substantially better hitter than he was even at age 27 and 28 which you don't see very often. So uh, I'm I'm on board with Zach Cozart. Uh, again, I got to say I, he's not he's not this guy. I don't think, but uh, he's certainly a much improved uh, hitter. And as an improved hitter with the defense, this is a uh, an outstanding player and one that I'm going to hate to see leave at some point. Now that's pretty long. I'm looking forward to hearing what you say. Well, I mean, you know, you you kind of hit on a lot of the things that I knew you would, and one of the things that I, I tend to do anytime good or bad, a player is, is seems aberrant, is I go and I look at the numbers. And, you know, I remember last year when Votto was slumping the first couple months, I'll go look at his peripheral numbers and be like, okay, this just looks like bad luck for me. To me, his batting average on balls and plays where he didn't weigh down, everything else looks the same. I think he'll fix it. And, you know, he fixed it and, and, and whatever, you know, but it looked basically the same. Whereas with Kozar, and you pointed this out, it's different. And it's substantially different. He swings less than Votto does. Um, he's, you know, that's a big thing. His walk percentage, which is, you know, that's something that stabilizes pretty quickly. His previous career high was 7.3% last year. Right now it's 13.8%. That's crazy. It's insane. And that's, I mean, that's real. That's legit. So, man, I... You want to say he's not this guy. You want to say that, but it's it's not like it's been smoke and mirrors, I guess. Right. It's like he's – I mean, okay. His his batting average on balls in play is 400 right now, and no, that's not going to hold up. Nobody does that. He's not this guy, but maybe he's like a – the hitter of the level of, say, what like Eugenio Suarez has done this year now. And if – and if he is, well, then well, what do you do about that? I mean, you know, one of the things that I guess, you know, everybody, especially in this day and age, and it, it irritates me, assumes is that everyone peaks at exactly the same time and everyone declines in exactly the same way. And if somebody over 30 is having a good year, especially if there's additional power or, or just anything, really, we want to shout steroids, 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 which is silly because humans are human and they're different. And just because someone peaks later, figures it out late, doesn't mean that they're cheating. It may mean that they just kind of figured out, oh, wait, don't swing at the pitches I can't hit. Um, you know, I remember, I can't remember who said this, who, who provided this anecdote, but somebody was talking about being on the same team as as, uh, as Manny Ramirez, and, and they were like, okay, I'm going to go ask Manny for some, some hitting advice. Um, and, you know, Ramirez looks at him and says something like, oh, yeah, you know, um, you struck out a lot on high fastballs. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I know. He's like, how do I fix that? And Ramirez just goes, well, don't swing at high fastballs. <laughs> and, and the player's like, but he didn't understand because it was that simple for him that I couldn't just not do it. And, you know, I guess for different guys, things can click at different times. And if, you know, this is an instance where Cozart, it's clicked for him at his current age, 
oh boy. I mean, he's about to turn 32 and you can't sign a 32 year old shortstop to an extension, especially when he's been like who Zach Cozart has been. But if you don't, and then he goes and, and is like, I don't know, Frank Robinson at shortstop for the next five years. Well, then you're, you feel kind of dumb. So uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I both love that this is happening and I find it disconcerting in terms of what the Reds need to decide to do with their future because there are reasons for it. It doesn't look like smoke and mirrors. It looks like he's due for some regression, but not absurd, you know, regression. Like he's going to go back to the Zach Cozart who couldn't, you know, hit his way out of a wet paper sack. In 2014, I guess it was, he was the wor- probably the worst hitter in the National League that year. And, this year, he's a legitimately above-average hitter, uh, even if when he regresses. Uh, it's just it's amazing to think about. And leading the National League wins above replacement. If you'd have told me on before the season that on June the eighth, June the ninth, Zach Cozart would be leading the National League in wins above replacement, nobody, no one would have believed that, except for Cozart's mom, maybe. Um, but I think even I mean, let's give Zach Cozart's mom a little bit credit here. Oh yeah, she's a she's a, a great baseball analyst, certainly. You know, just looking at the numbers, uh, it's really astounding. We talk about the offense, and I do want to shift over to the uh, ugh, we have to the starters in a starting rotation in a moment. But you look at these uh, this offense, and look at Fangraphs uh, leaderboards, and looking at the uh, WRC plus uh, weighted runs created plus, which is a pretty good uh, catch all statistic for hitting. The Reds have four guys in the top twenty two. Uh, none of those is Adam Duvall, who's you know last year's All Star and, and having a good season in this year. Four guys in the top twenty-two. Got two guys in the top five: Cozart and uh, Joseph Daniel Votto, who went four for four today uh, with another home run, his sixteenth. Um, but an- another guy is uh, Eugenio Suarez, who uh, yeah. uh, who is also showing. If you look look into his numbers a little bit. He's shown a little bit more of that uh, improvement in terms of plate discipline and not swinging at balls outside the zone. And it's been a steady increase every year that he's been with the Reds. Uh, at least it was about two, three weeks ago when I last looked at it. It really is uh, interesting how many of these uh, – right now this the trend in the in the major leagues is this uh, – all the stat cast stuff, you know, launch angle, which is yeah. great. It's, it's causing a lot of more home runs, et cetera. Um, I'm seeing a little bit of a trend with some of these Reds of – the Joey Votto approach, which is the Ted Williams approach, you know, and uh, not swinging at balls outside the zone. And in my opinion, that's contributing greatly to what we're seeing as a really um, improved offense and one that's uh, built to last for the next few years. Yeah, I mean, gen- generally speaking, I agree. I-, I will say this. If Joey Votto is responsible for all of this, the Reds need to hand him a lifetime contract <laughs> for whatever he wants to be hitting coach forever. Absolutely. Um, you know, with, with Suarez, I will say, and, and yeah, I think you know this, I've been a pretty big Suarez uh, booster for a long time. I just, he always had good plate discipline in the minor leagues. And then kind of his first shot with the Reds, it kind of, you know, maybe wasn't so great. But he's been so young that I was like, no, 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 he'll grow into it. He'll grow into it. He'll grow into it. And he, and he finally is. You know, he is still only 25. Um, and so I think, I think that was coming from him, but uh, yeah, I mean, and, and plenty of players talk about, oh yeah, no, I worked with Votto. Votto told me to do this or whatever. And it's like, okay, every, everybody go work with Votto so that the Reds can have 
eight bottos hitting every day. And then when that's the case, he can go work with the pitchers and, and get the <laughs> Exactly. Easier said than done. Nobody's going to be like Votto, but if any of them can sort of internalize uh, some of the lessons of Votto, whether Votto's telling them or not, or they're just watching what what Votto does on a day-to-day basis, that's a good thing because there's never been a a better role model, in my opinion. The other guy that we said, there was four guys in the top 22 uh, a moment ago. The other guy, Scott Schebler, of course, who's tied for the league lead in home runs. Uh, Raise your hand if you saw that coming. Actually, you and I kind of Kind of saw that. We both said before the season we thought Shevler was a better bet than Duvall. Not that Duvall's been bad. Duvall's been good. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, uh, a pretty good bet to have a breakout season. Yeah, I mean, Shevler has kind of just a little bit more plate di- discipline than Adam Duvall. Strikes out just a little bit less. They're pretty similar players, but he's, you know, kind of a little bit better in the places you would want somebody to be a little bit better. I and mean, it just it's kind of come through. And he's having a heck of a season, though, really, like you said, Duvall is having a, a really – pretty good season too so yeah Shelby, yeah. Shelby just 26 now that brings up the issue you and i've been both on the jesse winker bandwagon we want to get this guy up and winker has been astounding in triple uh, a leading the uh, international league in batting average and on base percentage but where do you play him i mean you know i said this on red leg nation uh in a column this week and i think it's true somebody's got to be traded this year i mean either duvall shevler or winker they're all basically at pink peak value um, I know certainly somebody will riot if Duval or Shebler is traded, but and I don't know which of the three of them is best to trade, frankly. But somebody's got to be traded because all three of those guys should be playing every day in the major leagues right now. And the fact that one of them is not like you know, especially Winker loses value every day. He's in the minors right now because um, he he's he's not going to get any better in Louisville if he needs to develop more or whatever it needs to happen in the majors. So it's for somebody, it's got to be trade time soon. And I know we're entering that season. Things will start heating up soon. But um, one would expect someone will need a corner, out, corner outfielder somewhere, and then one of those guys will go. In my opinion, probably the guy with the – well, I don't know. I would say the, the guy with the most value would be Duvall coming off the All-Star game and the, all the power and everything. And he's still having a good year. But I don't know. The front offices are advanced right now. They may – some front offices may value one more than the other. Something's got to give at some point because Jesse Winker needs to be in the major leagues. But uh, I would have thought at this point, I think this is a point you made in your column today that I want to, do want to talk about here in a second. Um, I would have thought at one point, at this by this point in the season, Winker would be replacing Duvall or Shebler. One of those guys would have fallen on their face a little bit and yeah. left an opening. And it just it, it hasn't happened, and that's been to the Reds' credit. That's been fantastic for the Reds. It's a great problem to have. Yes, it is a fantastic problem to have. Now let's talk about something that's not such a good problem, but it is a problem, and that's uh, that starting rotation. And and I want to, I want you to talk, about, if you would, just to, for a moment about the piece that you wrote for Red Leg Nation today, uh, entitled "Things Are Weird," and you weren't just talking about yourself, uh, your no. uh, your personality. You were talking about these Reds, and uh, I loved the part when you started talking about the. Uh, the starting pitchers and the depth chart. And why don't you just uh, give us a little idea of, of, of what your conclusions were? Well, basically it goes like this. Um, Asher, whose last name I still can't entirely pronounce. Wojciechowski. There you go. Um, <laughs> got signed by the Reds as triple A depth because the bats rotation because so many guys were getting shuttled back and forth to Cincinnati and weren't stretched out to start games and things like that. The bats rotation here in Louisville was a disaster and they needed somebody who could just come in and pitch five innings. So they signed this guy 
off of his couch. He did not have a job. <laughs> and now he's in and the rotation. Now, now he's in the rotation for your Cincinnati Reds. And he is like, what did I come up with? Like 13th on the depth chart or something like yeah, that? You had him at 13. And when you're when you're at number 13, 13, Chad, you remember that the Reds used five starters all year long? Oh, yeah. It was amazing. It's June. It's June. Jason, you had me at you had me at number fifteen on the depth chart. That's how low Asher Wojciechowski is on the depth chart. And I mean, that's just really. I mean, that's just assuming they don't want to rush Molly, so that you know, you and I can perhaps fill in with the knuckleball while he finishes getting ready. Um, but I mean, it's so many injuries. I mean, let's just go. I'll just go ahead and say them out loud: Homer, Finnegan, Disclafani, Garrett. Apparently, is a little bit hurt. Like you know, it's. That's a, that's a lot of injuries um, even, and a lot of issues. Sal Romano, even, that's a guy that would be up here. Yeah. Up, hit him on the depth chart. Uh, and that's not a criticism of, of Wojciechowski either. I mean, he's you know he's been fine. He's done what they yeah. wanted him to do. But uh, when you get to having guys in your starting rotation that were literally, as you said, on their couch recently, they couldn't get a job in the big leagues, and uh, that's that's not a good problem to have. No, it's not. And yeah, so it's just I, I, the thing, the whole, I guess the point of my column was that, you know, we all were like, oh, the Reds have all these different pieces that will fit in different spots. And, you know, the season will happen and things will sort themselves out. And then what's ended up happening is that things haven't really sorted themselves out because all of the outfielders are playing well and all of the pitchers are pitching poorly, which isn't what we need. Like we could do with one less outfielder doing well and a couple more pitchers keeping our heads above water. Well, the starting pitchers, the only ones that haven't been hurt uh, and haven't pitched just awful are Scott Feldman and Tim Adelman. That's really it. Uh, Which is and, totally what you would have predicted at the beginning of the season, right? Oh, right, exactly. Two guys two guys that really, if you're thinking about it, they're guys that, okay, if they're my fifth starter, we're, we're doing okay. But instead, they've the, really been the top two performers. Well, Finnegan was good before he got hurt, but he's been yeah. hurt most of the season. Um, but some, uh, some help on the way, possibly, this week? Yeah, uh, Finnegan and um, Homer are supposed to be starting rehab. Um with Pensacola, I think, right? Um, I, here in I, didn't see, I didn't see where they're making the rehab starts, but I did see that both are going to, both Homer Bailey and Brandon Finnegan, are going out on rehab starts this week. So, uh, and and Brian Price seems pretty confident. He's usually he hedges his bets on these uh, often. He seems pretty confident they're going to be back this month. I mean, I'm you can you can file me as more optimistic about Finnegan than Bailey, but you know, here's hoping. Ah, uh, Bailey, he's he's I'm sure he's healthy. He's always healthy. <laughs> So let's say Bailey and Finnegan come back by the end of the month. Who do you replace, given the current state? Because because my my vote is to replace all of them. And yeah, I was going to say, who's even in the rotation today? <laughs> let's see. Let's see. The, the rotation today is Feldman, and not in this order necessarily, but Feldman, Adelman, Amir Garrett, Asher Wojciechowski, and Bronson. And Bronson Arroyo. How could I forget the immortal? Bronson Arroyo, Reds Hall of Famer, future Reds Hall of Famer, Bronson Arroyo. Yeah. I think I think in that circumstance you have two options depending on what you how you, the path you want to take. You either send Asher down and cut Bronson, or if 
Amir is still struggling, like still kind of recovering from an injury or whatever, you could maybe send him down to Louisville um, to get healthy and get right and then hang on to Bronson until Amir is right and then cut Bronson. Cut Bronson? Don't you realize? I do. I do. He's Bronson. He is. (laughs) And he's also not good and old. He is. I mean, I think, for the, first of all, Wojciechowski is the first one gone, whether that means to the uh, yeah. bullpen or down back down to Louisville. Um, and then you look at it, Garrett, you know, Garrett's going to needs to get a chance to work through some of his issues, if he's healthy. Yeah. Um, Feldman has been, you know, Feldman pitched seven shutout innings against the Cardinals today. To, uh, Feldman and Adelman aren't going anywhere until the picture's a whole lot sunnier. <laughs> I can't believe that we're saying that. But yeah, they've both been adequate. And and Feldman actually, you know, probably a little above adequate. You know, he's been a little better than Adelman overall. But yeah, I have no complaints about Tim Adelman uh, either. Those guys are sticking around, and Garrett's sticking around. So yeah, you're talking about Bronson Arroyo and Asher Wojciechowski probably gone when those uh, guys come back. Now Bronson, I don't know. Are they going to move him to the bullpen? They're going to try to hang on to him. That'll be interesting to see what happens there because uh, sentimentality should not have uh, any uh, part in these decisions. But you never know if it if it will. Yeah, I know. And I mean, look, it's it's hard to cut Bronson because, you know, he's Bronson and he's delightful, but still might be time to cut Bronson. Um, It was hard to get rid of Brendan Phillips, too, and the Reds did that, finally. Well, it's hard for some people, but that's okay. (laughs) Hey, you know, uh, you know, Brandon Phillips has three home runs this season and Scooter Jeanette had four home runs in one game. Oh, wow. You know what? They should retire Scooter Jeanette's number. Yes, they should, either for Scooter or for Ernie Lombardi. I'm not sure who else wore number four for the Reds. <laughs> One of, Yeah, I don't know. Somebody did, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, okay, a couple of things about the pitching, though. Uh, the first of, the, uh, of those is that there's another guy that, I don't know, do we want to get our hopes up on it, but there's a guy pitching at AAA that's all of a sudden started to look pretty good. He pitched eight uh, shutout innings today, gave up two hits, one walk, six strikeouts, and that's our old friend Cody Reed, who now has a 2.56 ERA and seven starts at Triple A. And he's starting to look like Cody Reed again. He's still having some. He he started. He's still struggling some with the uh, walks. Yeah. But, but on the other hand, he's he's not been the Cody Reed we saw in Cincinnati. I guess. We'll no, I, you know I think he. Uh... Maybe just some growing pains. You know, some developmental stuff. Who knows? Not everybody's ready at the same time or, or whatever. And, and, you know, he, he kind of shuffled back and forth and um, had never really been a relief pitcher until this year. And they tossed him in the bullpen, um, at least not professionally. I don't know what he did in college or whatever, um, but he mostly had been a starter professionally. Um, so they tossed him out there this year and, and uh, I don't know, it, it went how it went. Um, but, you know, he's had good numbers in AAA um, both, this year and historically, you know, and it seems like he might be getting the walks together a little bit. So if he does that for another couple of, couple of starts, you know, then that might be a good time to, to call him up, put him in the rotation, see what he does. I, I would love to see the Reds just say Cody Reed. And maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe after a couple more starts, but say Cody Reed, this is what they say when they're talking to him. Cause they call him by his full name. When they talk to him, <laughs> Cody Reed, I'm going to give you two months. You're going to be in my starting rotation. This is Brian Price talking. This is my Brian Price imitation, Jason. Cody, Cody Reed, you're going to be in my starting rotation for two months. I don't care how you struggle. You're going to need to listen to, to coaching, and, and you know we're going to work on uh, you know ironing out uh, all the issues. But 
I expect you to be a starting pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds in the long term, and so now's the time to learn how to get hitters out. Uh, come hell or high water, you're starting for two months. And let's see what Cody Reed can do. What's it hurt this year? Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't hurt anything. Um, you know, and everything I've heard about Cody Reed, um, talking to people in Louisville or whatever, that people speak well of him. So I think he, you know, at least character-wise would respond to that in terms of, you know, everybody's head is different when they get shelled or, you know, when they have a bad day or whatever. So I can't, I can't testify to that. But if you're going to try it with anybody, you might as well try it with Cody Reed. He certainly has the stuff to perform in the majors. Um, so we might as well, yeah, give him a shot. Say, here, this is your shot. you got two months. Do something with it and see what he does. Yeah. And, you know, the guy's just – he just turned 24. Uh, he's still yep. a kid. He is. Um, did you like my Brian Price uh, impression? It was fantastic. I thought I thought I was on the phone with Brian Price. Uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know Brian Price had this ridiculous accent. If I talk really fast, I can do a Billy Hamilton impression. Um, so that's so that you know that's that's one thing that the Reds. Well, you talk about Bailey, you talk about Finnegan, and, and then maybe Reed. All right, so maybe some hope uh, in the near future. Um, De Sclafani looks like if we get him back by August, we'll be, we're lucky. I'm worried about Anthony De Sclafani. Yeah, as that's that's feeling like surgery, perhaps. Yeah. One last guy I want to uh, mention though, with respect to the starters, because you did mention him in your in your piece here today, and I, this is going to become a running theme. You know, for a while, our running theme on the podcast, uh, dating back to years ago, uh, Bill Lack and I especially used to complain about it. Was uh, why isn't Aroldis Chapman in the starting rotation? And uh, I still complain about that uh, because, I, hey, listen, no one can beat a dead horse like me. Uh, but I think the next uh, running theme is going to be Michael Lorenzen as a starter. You know, Michael Lorenzen is, has crazy good stuff. Michael Lorenzen is young. Michael Lorenzen says he wants to be a starting pitcher in the major leagues. The Reds need starting pitchers. Why is this so difficult? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was pretty – basically, oh, you know, the Reds are, are loaded with pitching prospects. Let's let Lorenzen be in the bullpen at the beginning of the season. But, you know, times have changed. <laughs> right. And, you know, I, we're on 13th. You're next, Chad. You're next. Uh, my knuckleball's ready. Um, you I'm- need to get warm <laughs> because if somebody else goes down, they're calling on you. And that, that's what you said in your piece. If if a team is on their thirteenth option when it comes to starting a major league game, things have gone really, really badly. It might be time to yeah. think outside the box. Yeah. So I mean, it might be time. Yeah, give give Lorenzen a shot and say, all right, here you go. You know, maybe do that too. Like send him down for a couple of weeks, get the stretch out, and then when he comes up, say you got a month. Show us that you can maintain your stuff. You know, show us basically that you can avoid the problems that we saw with you before as a starter. And if you can avoid those problems, you will continue to be a starting pitcher. And if you can't, you'll go back to being a shutdown reliever and still make plenty of money in your lifetime. That's what that's my uh, that's my thing about it. Uh, Lorenzen may fail as a starter. It's possible. Starting and pitching in the major leagues is really difficult. But the downside to it is. He goes back to the bullpen where he's fantastic. <laughs> you know, there's no downside. That's what I said about Chapman. If he doesn't work as a starter, you send him back to the bullpen. <laughs> you know, I mean, I guess there may be injury. Maybe there's more injury risk if you throw in more innings. I can see that. But other than that, that's the only downside is, well, okay, we'll just have a shutdown reliever <laughs> later. Big deal. 
Uh, yeah. Know. I mean, you know, I just, I went and looked just, just to basically torture myself. And yeah, I mean, boy, his strikeout sure did drop when they converted him from a, from a reliever to a starter, even in the minor leagues. Um, they dropped like a stone. Um, so, I mean, maybe there's something there that's legit. I, I, I don't know. I, I'd be willing. To, I should. I would sure be willing to try it. Especially he's had a couple of years to develop. Yeah, see what he does. There's there's no harm. Well, the Reds have more information certainly than we do about uh, health, injuries, things like that. His everything about Lorenzo they know more than we do. But I just I see a guy who wants to start. He's been very vocal about that. The fact that he wants to be a starting pitcher, and in a year like this, I I don't see the downside to at least trying. No, if there is ever a time to try something like this, it is. Now it is when you're on number thirteen, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in a season where you're nobody's expecting you to compete, and you're really trying to figure out what you've got. I mean, how are you going to know what you've got with Lorenzen if you don't give him a chance? And and that's what this whole season is, and that's the point you were making. This is a season where we're trying to sort things out, like we talked about with Jesse Winker and Shelburne and Duvall. We got to figure out what we've got because next year, you know, we're hoping that we're going to take a big step forward with these, this club. And uh, how do you know? Maybe the Reds think they know, maybe the, and maybe they've got information that I don't have um, that would lead them to believe that it's just not going to work. But Lorenzen thinks it can work. Uh, you know, I I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna we're gonna talk about this probably every time that uh, we talk, Jason. Yeah, at least until there are five really good starting pitchers in the rotation. Um, you know what I will say? I will break in and say this: that I have for a very long time been um a tim adelman skeptic and at this point i think he can be my number five starter until he proves he can't be my number five starter yeah uh, i've been uh, I, i'm trying to think if skeptic is the right word for me because i've been even more uh, of a skeptic i think than you or than anyone i you know adelman is he is what he is yeah uh, another guy I mean, who got- kind of got off the scrap heap. he was pitching was he pitching independent ball yeah, I think so. He got what, cut by the Orioles. Yeah. Or did he get hurt? I don't even know. That was ages ago. But but since but, coming up last year, he's been, you know, decent. Yeah, well, I mean, even since really he entered the red system, he's been, I mean, he, he had good numbers in AA. He had good numbers in AAA. He's had solid numbers in the majors. You know, the, the point that I, I made, I wrote about him in, in a column a while ago, and one of the points I made was that, like, he has the numbers that you would expect Robert Stevenson to have had in the minors, given all the hype he gets, but none of the hype. I mean, his numbers have been good. He doesn't throw hard. He's not going to strike out a million guys, but. But a pretty pretty good strikeout to walk ratio. I mean, he's, yeah, it's not, not smoking mirrors either. And he's a, he's a fifth starter. That's his ceiling probably, but uh, you know, but okay. Everybody needs a fifth starter. And you know, there's a, there's a lot of value to somebody who can come out there and give you a consistent sort of six-ish innings every time, every fifth day, especially if that is your number five starter, and especially when you've got a whole bunch of question marks like the Reds do now. So, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I have no issue with him as fifth starter indefinitely. Well, you know, he's, he's sort of a, league, a, a dead average, league average pitcher, and there people say, oh, that's not that very good, but that, there's great value in an average pitcher. You know, especially yeah. as a fifth starter. I used to I used to rail about this um, back when the Reds had Mike Leake because everybody would be like, oh, Mike Leake's a, 
a league average pitcher. The Reds don't need him. He's you know good. I was like, no, he's league average, and he's their fifth starter. Yeah, that's great. You know how lucky you are. <laughs> like a league average pitcher on average is going to be your third starter because that's the middle of the rotation. <laughs> And so if you've got a league average pitcher as your fifth starter, you hold on to that person forever. Yeah. I'm looking at the red starters right now, and, um, and it's it's ugly. I'm going to have nightmares because I looked at this page. But uh, looking at uh, baseball reference, uh, ERA plus, you know, it's just a, a, a quick and dirty metric. 100 is average, basically. Uh, Tim Adelman has the best uh, ERA plus of any Cincinnati red starter um, at 99, which is Dead average. I mean, it's right on league average, yeah. and I've been I've been dismissive of Tim Adelman. Yeah, I, I have too, and I can't claim otherwise. Yeah, and uh, I feel bad about that because uh, Tim Adelman is one of the few, maybe the only uh, player from Georgetown, which is one of my alma maters, and so you'd think I'd be really pulling for him the way as insane as I am about the, these colleges I went to, but. Uh, I'm just about to jump on this Tim Adelman bandwagon because he doesn't do anything flashy, but he keeps producing. He keeps putting up six innings, seven innings, you know, two, three runs. Um, you need a guy like that, and, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think he may be working his way into uh, the sort of, uh, not necessarily long-term, but in the, the near-term plans the next few years, next couple, two, three years. Yep, until basically until somebody takes a spot from him, he can have it. Like, but make someone take it. Yeah, don't give it away. I think he's. I think he's earned the right to have it until somebody else proves they can do it better. I think you're right. Yeah, I think he's earned. Instead of being sort of an afterthought, he's become a guy where listen, he's he's shown he can do it on the big league level. Um, take it from him, and and hopefully someone will because that'll mean the Reds' uh, starting rotation is in good shape if someone takes it takes a spot from him. But uh, it's not happened this year so far. Um, and, but but that goes back to, I talked about earlier, you and I being a little more optimistic sometimes. We've just spent the last, I don't know, 20 minutes talking about how brutal, how awful this rotation has been, how everything has gone wrong. Gone wrong. But to me, that is the most exciting thing about this team. The Reds are a game under five they They're two games out of first. And there's no way the rotation can't be better for the rest of the year, in my mind. I mean, it has to be better, doesn't it? It really does. It can't get worse. No. The Reds have, uh, you know, uh, Bronson Royal, 6.25 ERA. Amir Garrett, 7.17. Liz Alberto Bonilla, who did get uh, just sent down, 7.43 ERA. Uh, these are guys that have gotten starts in the big leagues, uh, you know, recently in the last month. It cannot get worse than this. And so some of these guys get healthy. Some of the young guys maybe start to take a step forward. I feel like we're at rock bottom, and if rock bottom is the Reds as a roughly 500 team, how exciting is that, Jason? If, if that's rock bottom, I, I am, after, especially after last season, I am happy, 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 happy to be there. And it's a team uh, that going into next year you start thinking, hmm, wild card? I mean, you know, you start thinking playoffs next year. Well, maybe this year. It's uh, not out of possibility. I mean, let's see. What are the stand? Let me go look at the standings right now, just to just to see, like what it looks like wild card wise. I mean, right now they're just a couple games out of you know they're about three behind Milwaukee. No, two behind Milwaukee. Two, I think Milwaukee lost tonight. Um, yeah, two behind Milwaukee. Um, 
it looks like that you have to win the division. It doesn't look like they're going to take the wild card. The, the, the West is pretty darn strong. So it looks like nationals, probably three teams out of the West and one team out of the central. If you are just ballparking it right now, I mean, if you're two games out, you gotta, you certainly don't sell at two games out. Um, it looks like Reds are five and a half out of the last wild card. If I if I'm looking at that right, uh, well, less than that now. Maybe that was yesterday. Um, so yeah, let's not uh, let's not get crazy on the the playoff bandwagon this year. But next year, I, I don't know how. Maybe things will crater, and maybe I'm just not seeing it correctly. But we're trending in the right direction, I guess. Let's say. Hey, that. hey, Chad. I just have. I would like. To, I had to go look this up, so I would know for sure. I have some evidence behind your it cannot possibly get any worse about the starting rotation. I'm listening. Um, I think Joel Luckhoff tweeted something to this effect a few days ago. The current starting rotation has the worst ERA of any Reds team in history. <laughs> uh, the current ERA from pitchers who have started games for the Cincinnati Reds is 5.95. Oh, my gosh. That's almost six and not good. Last year was the 10th worst ever, and their ERA was 4.79. So, so they were more than a full run better last year. Um, so we, yeah, that's got to look up eventually. Um, you know, it just, it can't, it can't possibly, can it? It can't, no. It's, it's got to be rock bottom. We're talking about the almost, uh, you know, 150-year history of the Reds, uh, and the, it can't get any worse than this, and so, but there are real reasons to believe that it's going to get better. I mean, you can look at actual tangible yeah. things that are coming in the next few weeks and say, "Hey, all right, this is going to it's going to get better. Young guys are going to improve. Guys are getting healthy." Um, I'm looking at these uh, projections. Uh, CBS Sports does these projections, uh, and they've got the red. Well, a lot of these a lot of these websites do it, but have the Reds at a 7.2 percent chance of winning the division still, and a 12.3 chance of making the postseason. Um, everybody listening, Chad Dotson just called it. The Reds are going to win the division and probably the World Series. I think it's almost definite the Reds will win the World Series. The only question is whether they'll sweep the World Series. So I That really is the question. That's the only question that's still ahead of us. It'll be the Ohio World Series. <laughs> Maybe. Right? Maybe it'd be fun to beat the Indians in the World Series. That'd be great. Um, okay, last thing uh, on the uh, agenda for today that uh, it's about that time to start talking about it. And we've been talking about it a little bit uh Maybe not necessarily on the podcast, but All-Stars. The All-Star team is uh, coming up, and I'm one of these guys that's a sucker for talking about uh, the All-Star game and who's going to make it. And I know it's just a glorified exhibition, even though they try to pretend that it, uh, it means something now. But I'm a sucker but the for the All-Star this. game is fun, and we are pro-fun. Yeah, absolutely. Baseball's fun, right? That's our that's our theme, I think. Baseball's yes. supposed to be fun. Um, who's going to make the All-Star team for the Reds? Well, if Zach Cozart doesn't make the all-star team for the Reds, it's a travesty. Um, I think Votto and Suarez also should be there, and uh, also probably Iglesias, or he certainly has a, has a real good case. Um, if the right people got hurt, you could make a case for Duval or Shebler kind of sneaking in with one of those spots where someone's injured but did not play, or selected but did not play, or whatever. I could certainly uh, see Duval and Shebler if, uh, yeah, if someone's injured and then they're looking for another guy for the home run derby. Well, and especially, yeah, if like Shebler or whoever is leading the league in homers, it, that's that's always kind of a little bonus that can get you in. Um, but, I, no, I think Cozart, Vado, and Suarez, they're all, you know, on pace for pro- right around or, or 
in Kozar's case, well above a, a six wins above replacement ceiling, you know, uh, season. Votto hasn't had that kind of early season funk that he's had a couple times. It's kept him out of the all-star game. You know, Joey Votto hasn't been an all-star since 2013. It's really crazy. I know it's crazy and, and wrong. So he needs to go. And yeah, I mean, I just would enjoy it if the Reds had a pitcher in the all-star game, that would be fun. <laughs> um, what, what's your take on it? Well, uh, there's one name you didn't mention that really surprised me, Jason. And that's uh, you don't, you really don't think that, uh, Reds legend Bronson Arroyo is going to make the All-Star team? See, this is where I thought you were going to drop your Billy Hamilton reference. <laughs> oh, yeah, I missed I missed my spot there. Um, um, I, I don't think Billy's going to make it. Uh, I'll be honest, it's not inconceivable. He's blowing the league away in stolen bases. Um, but I don't think he's going to make it unless he really gets on a roll with a bat. Yeah, he'd have to, he'd have to start hitting pretty well. I, you know, he's still playing as much as people aren't going to believe this. He's he's probably generating above average value because he's so good defensively and on the bases. But to make an all-star team, you you know, you have to be, I think when I looked it up, it's you have to be on pace to be worth roughly four wins above replacement for the season or, or thereabouts and, and to have any hope. And, and Hamilton isn't, isn't doing that. Um, so yeah, he's probably, probably stays home, but Oh Lord, Kozar better. Kozar's on pace to be the, the MVP right now. I know. You know, Jerry Krasnick at ESPN, since I'm on the Billy Hamilton bandwagon, had a really good piece about that. I'll try to link at Red Lake Nation um, about Billy Hamilton. He's always in scoring position, basically, uh, if he can get on base. And, uh, and and that's the case it was making. He's still a valuable player. He's not hitting. He's not made the big strides that I'd hoped he would, although I, I'm seeing lots and lots of signs that he's going to. But... Uh, you know, let's here. Let's do let's do a quick Billy Hamilton tangent because that was something. You know, you talked about the transit column, and and there have been a couple of other things that point out that like Hamilton scores some absurd percentage of the time he gets on base because he's so fast. So that for him, like a three ten on base percentage is equivalent to a three fifty on base percentage in terms of how much he scores. Um, and you know, that's something that I don't know if it's really accounted for appropriately in the offensive statistics and and it may be something you know he may be such a weird player that it ends up being something along the lines of sort of what catcher framing was a few years ago where people didn't understand nearly how valuable it was that you know guys could could get you know four or five six extra strikes for their pitchers over the course of a game um it may be that we're not properly valuing billy hamilton and he may actually be significantly more valuable than we think he is yeah it's possible he's breaking all the analytical models in some ways think about this he's tied for 11th in the entire major leagues uh with 40 runs this year so 11th in the league in in run scoring Mm -hmm. which is which is which is the goal and you know, that's not all him because he's got some great hitters hitting behind him that that are driving him in but he ranks 127th among 171 qualifying hitters in on-base percentage. This is actually, this is, this is really telling. Okay. Stay with me. This is going to be me saying a lot of numbers for a second. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Let's hear it. So, all right. Billy Hamilton in all of baseball right now is 16th and runs scored, right? Oh, 16th. I had him at 11th. Well, you said nationally. I'm I'm looking at all of baseball. Okay. In all of of baseball right now, he is 16th. Um, These are yesterday's stats and it's just got him at a 305 on-base percentage. I think it dropped today. Um, the lowest on base percentage of someone above him is, uh, Cesar Hernandez, who has a 347 on base percentage for the Phillies. Um, you can find, uh, if you go down to 25th, you can find, um, 
Joey Gallo, who is at a 300 on base percentage, but a 516 slugging percentage, which makes up for a lot. There is no one even remotely in Hamilton's area. And, and yeah, okay, he's got great hitters hitting behind him or whatever, but I mean, all of these guys, all of them have really good on-base percentages, and they are scoring runs. And Hamilton doesn't and is still scoring runs. So there, there really might be something, something to all this. Well, he leads the league in st- the majors in stolen bases, and the closest yeah. to him is nine behind him. He has 28, and the closest to him is D. Gordon with 19. He's just a unique player. And is he a, a superstar? I did predict before the season he'd be an all-star this year, um, and so I'm still holding out hope. Uh, maybe he's not that guy. I don't know. But this is this is a real player, and it's going to be really interesting to see some of the postmortems after the season by a lot of the analytical writers uh, about whether or not – because I think this is going to be a topic – are we valuing Billy Hamilton correctly? Because he is creating real value on the base pass. He le- he's leads the world in base running, best base runner in the world, best defensive center fielder for my money, and the anal- analytics seem to show that as well. Uh, you know, he's a real player. Gosh, why can't he bump up that on-base percentage 20 more points and he'd be you know, clearly an all-star? Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, but back to the topic of all-stars, uh, I, I like that you mentioned Roselle Iglesias. I don't know that he'll make it. He has been just, and he might, though. You know, he's 12 for 12 in save opportunities, an ERA of 0.59. Brian Price has gotten a little bit less aggressive in using him in multiple innings recently, but he's been nothing short of spectacular. it be interesting to see him make it. But uh, And I love, I love Iglesias. I do think he's the most talented pitcher in the Reds organization. Well, and in fairness, lately at least, the Reds have gotten decent starting pitchers, so pitching, so they haven't needed their relievers to go multiple innings to to try to hold up, hold a hold a lead. Well, so not as bad as it was during that stretch, certainly. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, I think he would be an interesting. He, I mean, I don't know. I haven't looked at deeply into reliever stats, but he's got to be one of the better relievers in the game right now. I would think has to be. You know, uh, Cozart, you're right. It'd be, it'd be really fun to see Zach Cozart get his first All-Star game berth uh, because he's really had an underrated Reds career in my mind. He's been a good Red for a, for a while, and he's never been a star necessarily, but he's been a really solid Red. He would have to completely crater, I would think. I mean, just abs- and I, I don't think it's possible for him to crater enough to yeah. – uh, to not make the All-Star team this year. Even if he became 2014 Zach Cozart, by the time the All-Star game got around, his numbers would still be All-Star worthy. Yeah, because he's been so good to this point. It's, yeah. it's, even, they could let me bat for him the rest of the uh, first half. And, well, no, maybe not. Maybe his numbers are <laughs> well, not yeah. too much. Um, I, I think, I, I think Votto's going to get it. Uh, I really do. I think that, uh, well, first of all, one reason is because uh, Ryan Zimmerman's now leading in the voting, who's had an incredible year. That's a University of Virginia alumni, Ryan Zimmerman, Jason. Um, Good to know that he played college, (laughs) played baseball at the same college that you attended. Exactly. Um, He he just took over the first place in the voting. If if Anthony Rizzo doesn't win the the fan voting, and he still might Mm because he's a Cub, then I think that opens it up for Joey Votto because Votto's just been, like you said, he's not always been great in the first half the last few years. This year he's been great. And and he's also getting this uh, reputation as a little bit of an elder statesman and a little bit of a uh, the smartest guy in the room. And and I would I, I think he's going to make it. Suarez, you know, depends on what the competition is going to be, but he's been awfully good. I don't know if the Reds will get three guys. Uh, certainly not four. I wouldn't think. But I think you've got some guys that are legitimate, legitimate uh, choices. Where yeah. you know, in, in a lot of years, it's been oh, 
who's going to go, you know, who deserves to go other than Votto? Uh, well, I mean, what's interesting about this team, though, is that, um, I, you know, I wrote a po- post about this for Cincinnati Magazine not long ago about basically who were all of there, you know, at least theoretically were the all-star candidates. And, and what was interesting just about looking at the roster is that this is a black and white team. There, there aren't really very many, if any, players on the roster where you're like, oh, yeah, he's just been okay. Everyone's been fantastic or terrible which is an interesting way to be 500 and probably explains why this team is so interesting to watch. That, that's, that's a good point. And they're, uh, they really do have a lot of guys. I mean, you know, in an off year, you wouldn't blink it at Shevler or Duvall being the all-star rep from a team, whereas now they're probably the fifth and sixth best, best options on the Reds. Um, they, I mean, yeah, I would say three. I, I think four is a theoretical possibility at least. That's a little optimistic, Jason Linden. That's what we do here. Though, that's, right? that's sort of what we do here. I'm a little disappointed, though, uh, in both of us that neither of us predicted that Scooter Jeanette was going to make Don't you know that Scooter Jeanette is like the greatest player in Reds history? How's he not going to make the All-Star team? Yeah. You know, there's always hope, Chad. If he has a couple of more games like the one he had uh, the other day, I think, I, think there's, I think there's a chance. <laughs> right. A couple more four-home run games. And we'll, yeah, four four home run games. We'll put him right in the All-Star game. Absolutely. Um, okay, well, that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good. Uh, we've beaten the, the the Reds' horse to death here a little bit, uh, but a pretty good uh, discussion about where these Reds are right now. And, and and really, the short answer to that is where the Reds are right now is they're fun. They're a fun team. They're interesting. This baseball is fun, and this team is fun when they baseball. It's been not fun for for a while, even though we tried to have fun. Yeah, it's not been fun for a while, and it's been a little bit of a drag the last uh, few years. And so this, you see real improvement. You see a team that's really scrappy, and some guys are really making their name. And it's just, it's fun. It's just fun. That's the only word for it. I concur. All right. Well, I'm glad you finally agreed with something I said, Jason. First time for everything. Uh, exactly. Thank you all for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 171. You can find Jason at Jason Linden on Twitter. You can find me at uh, Dotson C, D-O-T-S-O-N-C. You can find us uh, every day at Red Leg Nation on Twitter and then RedLegNation.com where we're writing about the Reds, discussing the Reds, enjoying these Cincinnati Reds every single day and have been since 2005. You can uh, subscribe to Red Leg Nation. I hope you will. iTunes, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn Radio, Google Play Store, anywhere you find your podcast, you should be able to find Red Leg Nation Radio. And I, and I hope you'll tell your friends, number one, if you like us, uh, tell them, uh, help get the word out about the show. Um, and uh, also, if you, if you don't mind, on any of those services, wherever you get your podcast, go leave us, a, leave us a review. Again, though, as I always say, don't only leave us a review if you like us. If you don't like us, keep your mouth shut. Uh, Jason, appreciate you joining me again, buddy. It was fun as always. Always glad to be here. All right. For Jason Linden, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, seven days a week.